Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shukova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. For the third series of this podcast, I'm inviting speakers of Agile Prague Conference so they can introduce their topics and they can also share with us a little bit about themselves and what they see happening in an Agile space. If you want to hear more, we would invite you for Agile Prague Conference September 19, 2022. Today I have here Wolfgang. He is one of our Agile Prague speakers in September. And I have a question for you to start with. What are you currently passionate about in Agile space? I would say that trying to go back to the roots in a way that what is this really about and going away from all this pseudo transformation adoptions I have seen where management says, hey, we need to go agile and the teams need to change now, but that's basically where it stops. So. And I'm heavily trying to move people out of their comfort zone to get really down to the roots. And as we say, unless so that you make the organizational changes you need to do, because uh, if, uh, if you don't change anything, nothing will change. So that's then only wishful thinking. <laughs> so what's the most difficult on that? Um, the most difficult is, I would say, to get the people really committing, I mean, not, not, the, not the developers, but the management level to really committing to do something because typically it's not bad enough yet. So, you know, business is still going well. And uh, so the, the assumption for many managers is that, ah, we can still continue. If we don't really have to do this drastic changes, we, if we just change a little bit, then it's good enough, you know? So how can you help those organizations, like give us some story, like how can you help those organizations to become ready for this whole thing? Well, um, that, 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 that's actually quite a tough question because uh, so far I have, I have not succeeded too often in this way. Uh, I have succeeded a few times, but uh, it, it, take, it takes two, you know, to tango in a way. So, and, and um, if the people don't want to receive coaching, if the people, uh, yeah, they might hear you, but they don't really feel the urge to change. So, I mean, Kota uh, has made it very clear. You need to have a good reason to change. And then uh, may, maybe some, some people say, okay, actually we have a reason, but it is not, or they, they think the risk is too high for these drastic changes, you know? Because this is what basically uh, less introduces in a way, you know, so this organizational structural changes, this is quite heavy, mentally heavy for many people. Also, they are afraid of, oh, I, I will lose my kingdom, you know, and, and I will lose my power position. And 
that's a very, very tricky one. Yeah. And it depends. Sometimes you get to the people, you can reach them, you can help them find their own path so that then basically they see the need to really change. And then sometimes you don't and they have fixed mind and they are happy maybe with the 10, 15% improvement you can get by forming cross-functional teams, but it stops there. Yeah? And if you then have, let's say 10, 15 teams working on, on the same product more or less, so then they don't even see the potential they have in improving the inter-team collaboration. Yeah. So once you create that sense of urgency, what's next? Like imagine you have it, that organization is ready, they feel that need. What's next step for them? Well, the next step is that, so talking to them to, to see what are the potentials, like what, what could be done. And of course, in best case, it would be so that you only need to coach them, that they would come up with the ideas by themselves. But on the other hand, I have realized that very many times the companies, they are too busy, the people are too busy. So then it will go more into a little bit consulting. You know? So that maybe bringing in more ideas that don't you think this would be a good idea to do now and, and explaining why and then, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You know? But of course, the danger is that then people don't uh, own the ideas. They don't, they don't grab it really. They say, okay, well, if it, if it goes wrong, it was Wolfie's idea. You know? Wolf, Wolfie wanted that, uh, which is, of course, I didn't want anything, yeah? but it, it sounded then, then like this. So the best case is that they are, let's say, they get the education so that they can make by themselves the decisions and they understand all the concepts. But that, that's a long way. And uh, I, I think many, many times uh, people are not willing to invest this time it takes. Yeah. So if they hear like a normal, a normal less class is three days, oh my gosh, can't you do in half a day? You know, I hope, nope. <laughs> no. That's actually also an interesting learning in this day. I, I mean, there is this, this basic class, this less basic class. So I, I, I don't do this anymore because it, people think they have understood what this is all about and they don't. And that, that is causing to me a big problem because then it, it goes typically in the wrong direction. So uh, comprehensively uh, educate people on what this is all about because the change is so big. The mental models of people, uh, if they just think of, hey, I have had success with this one Scrum team and I want to do this now for 10 teams. So we just copy paste Scrum and, and all this and every team gets a product owner and stuff like this. So then, then they go down this path and well, it typically leads to chaos and, and huge amount of, of coordination needs and so on and so on. And that, that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, of course. So there are a lot of troubles on that way. So can you share some little success story like with some organization where you work with and where it worked really well? Yes. So basically I have had really one cool success so that there was an organization starting exactly this. So management designed the teams uh, who should work with whom because they believed they knew the best and they actually formed nothing else but system component teams, which then had a huge amount of dependencies and, and, and nothing, nothing really was working in the end. 
So, and then we were able to introduce there this concept of, hey, look, uh, you have introduced in the middle to turn the wheel around before it goes to the ditch. So we have introduced one common list for all teams. Let's do this from beginning on. Let's have a one product backlog for all. Let's have uh, a different set of teams because you see that these teams didn't fit and, and so on. Yeah? And, and that actually happened in one insurance company I was in, in, in Munich. And there, uh, I would say it was amazing what happened, you know, a complete different way of working. And it was some level of energy coming into the organization, what management has only dreamed of before, you know, because just that the fact that the people could choose with whom they are working and the fact that they were more closer to the stakeholder, the customer and got the feedback from them, the fact that they really were able to deliver and all this inefficiency, or many, not all, but many of the inefficiencies within the organizations were eliminated because of the different structures we had. And, and of course, it wasn't just me alone, but I mean, other people were helping there. And we had a lot of uh, input work on testing area, especially. So technical excellence was quite important, autom uh, automation of tests and so on. But anyway, they, we really got something changed. And I, I compare this to difference like day or night or black and white and color. Yeah? And what is the amazing part is this, that or what is for me sometimes also difficult is that once you have seen color and now you come in the organization who only knows black and white, it's so difficult sometimes to take it easy yeah, and give them the time it takes to, to see the color also potentially. Yeah? You never know, but that's the point. But that was really something. And um, Yes, it, it was still uh, many, many years later where people said, yes, this was a cool thing. Yeah. It wasn't perfect either. So let's be honest here. There were still plenty of things which we could have done much better, but given the circumstances where the organization was coming from, given the time frame and all these other surrounding factors, I think this was really something cool. Yeah. Speaking about this learning journey, so can you share with us something? What was the biggest learning for you at your agile journey? What did you learn yourself? The biggest is very tough one because there is so much, you know, of the learning. But I think um, one really major thing is that when you are working as a, as a coach or as a scrum master somewhere, I think you, you need to have the close contact with decision makers, with the management. You know? So that otherwise, in the end, you will do your own thing in a very isolated um, area and not tackling the organizational challenges which are there. And that basically means that I'm not capable then to focus on changing the environment so that teams can do a better job. I think that is the biggest thing that really one needs to put much more emphasis on this. You know? Well, it's, I, I need to put more emphasis on this compared to maybe before, because the, the teams are not the problem. I, I have been saying this already for, for quite some time. So when you think about an actual adoption or transformation, however you want to call this, the teams are not the problem. They, they, they will do a great job. I'm, I'm very convinced about this. The cases that you have trouble with team members, this is very, very low. But the problem is really in creating the environment in which these teams can work together. And that typically is management responsibility. Only those people can change this. Yeah? And that's why it's so important to be close with them. Interesting. So now let's look into the future. 
So what do you think is the future of Agile? And maybe like 20 years from now or something. Wow, 20 years, okay. I haven't color my hair. You see how gray they already are. So I yeah. think in 20 years, I have different problems. But to be honest with you, I think most of this, what we now see as Agile, it is just the tip of the iceberg of what you could do. So in this way, I think organizations will learn that, okay, now we scratch the surface. But when do we get really deeper into this whole thing? Coming into this aspect of really, uh, for example, seriously starting to experiment as an organization. I, I haven't seen that too often either. You know? So where organizations really experiment to learn, okay, what's working for us? Because there is no blueprint in the world which will tell you in your organization what you need to do. Of course, everybody wishes for this. You know? Just tell me what I do and I do it. But sorry, it doesn't go that way. You know? So I think that the ideas of Agile and, uh, for example, the first sentence, yeah, we are delivering or we are finding better, better purposes here, uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it. I think that is something what I also very often don't see. So then there are the, the teams are working in silos and they are working against each other potentially, especially if management puts some kind of measure on this, like velocity and stuff like this. So then, then you create an, an environment of competition. You don't want this. You, know? you want an environment of collaboration. And that's, that's I think, the real challenge. And I, I, I would say we are still far, far away from that. Plenty of room for improvement. Well, that's a nice future, right? Uh, we have a yes. journey. We're not done yet. There is Absolutely. always something new. All right. Thank you for this very nice conversation. And I'm looking forward to see you at Agile Practice September. Yes, Susie. Thank you very much for the chance. And we will see you in September in practice. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shekhova, author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website, sochova.com s-o-c-h-o-v-a dot com Thank you for listening. Thank you.